Hello there. Mm. My name is Jonathan, also known as Die Wamprad Die, and you have found Binging the Force with the Rocky Mountain Fan Force. This is a place where Star Wars friends get together, rewatch Star Wars shows, and ponder deep thoughts while we're doing it. So you can find us on Facebook at Rocky Mountain Fan Force, and you can find this show on a multitude of podcast platforms, as you can see below, uh, and on YouTube at Binging the Force. You can also find our new merchandise store, Merch. Uh, at bingingtheforce.myspreadshop.com. So I encourage you to buy a green shirt and you are pretend you are one of the Force Ghost Night Sisters from this Rebels episode. So I'm A, there you go. I am proud to be joined today by Michael. Hello. Dale. Hello there. Howdy. And our newcomer to Binging the Force, Christian. Welcome. So today, gentlemen, we are watching Rebels Season 3. Episode 11, entitled Visions and Voices. Why do you, why we're watching this when you ask? That's a good question. Because there's a dark saber in it. And that relates to our overall podcast episodes that we're doing, uh, covering lots of Star Wars TV related to Mandalorian type things. Um, so, but before we get started, I have a question for our esteemed panel. So, Darth Maul, he's in this episode. He brings Ezra to his man cave. Uh, with his collection of artifacts that have importance to him, right? All things on the walls and candles, and it's very, very zen-like. Um, so what's something that you guys have from your past that has significant meaning to you? So my ground rules are Star Wars items are allowed, if you so desire. Uh, maybe good, maybe something that haunts your soul like it does for Darth Maul. Uh, so what is something that you have uh, that has deep meaning to you um, just like it does for Darth Maul in his cave there. So, Christian, let's have, since you are our newcomer, let's have you go first. Oh, yeah? Okay. Um, well, uh, well, thank you uh, for calling on me, and uh, I'm really excited to be here uh, with some fellow Star Wars fans. Um, I, I could go on and on about some of the stuff that's like behind me here with some of my Broncos paraphernalia, but I, uh, that's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but actually, uh, I've got like uh, it says on my description I'm an Obi Wan fan, but I don't know if you actually I'm not holding this right. Can you see Dooku there? They, oh, there we go. There we go. You guys see Dooku? So Michael actually uh, reminded me to uh, watch the uh, Tales of the Jedi, and uh, it really gave some fascinating back angle stuff. Not to change the topic, but just like having little relics like this, like you're talking about encourages me to go back and look at stuff. And um, I was fascinated just most recently by uh, uh, some of the backstory on Dooku with uh, like Tales of the Jedi, but I guess that's also a different podcast. Nice. So, so, so like the reference books are good for you because they, they help you kind of dive deeper, go back into these kind of characters as you're watching, you know, different Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Like the, nice. the ultimate visual guide and, uh, and like the revenge of the Sith dictionary and stuff yes. like that. Right. Yeah. For a second, there, I thought it was a sticker book. I, I, I couldn't quite see it was a little blurry. So that that's good. There's information in there as well. Oh no. Um, yeah. These are, those are some awesome books. Uh, I mean, for, you know, for those who actually, I'm a big audible fan also. Right. But you know, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get those, those books as audible. You thought that, Jonathan, because you've got a little kid. Christ Christian's, uh, right. Christian's kids are all grown up. <laughs> he, he, he's now the kid in the house. Uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually a grandpa, even though it feels weird to say it. <laughs> yeah, why, why can't we get any sticker albums on Audible? 
Come on. <laughs> right? Where's all the speakers on Audible? <laughs> so, Dale, how about you? Is, is it some Star Wars stickers you have that haunt your soul? Uh, no. Um, if I were at home, like in my collection room with, with the, the Star Wars stuff, um, I actually, this past weekend, I saw my um, VHS tapes of the Ewok movies. And I, you know, that kind of got me thinking of, you know, collecting uh, Star Wars during, during the dark times, you know, when there wasn't a lot of merchandise. Um, that's some older stuff. But since I'm on the road tonight, um, I don't have a, a tiny Star Wars thing with me, but I do have this tiny He-Man. Um, so another another <laughs> geeky pursuit of mine. Yeah, um, you, I, you are the I you like are definitely the biggest He-Man fan I know. You actually go to the annual PowerCon He-Man yes. convention. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, even though I'm far from home, uh, this little pocket He-Man uh, comes with me as like a good luck charm. Uh, make you know, kind of reminds me of family and 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 growing up. Uh, and um, yeah, being a, a lifelong uh, Masters Universe fan, um, it's definitely a, a relic that I kind of kind of take everywhere. Uh, one one He-Man figure or another. It just this is easy for travel. So very nice. So <clears throat> so significant meeting item uh, is in Star Wars, which is fine. But could you ever imagine like a a He-Man Star Wars crossover? Could that ever be a thing? I that blows my mind to even consider the possibility. I, I've seen some some custom figures. It's kind of a weird thing. Uh, and actually, uh, Mattel and Hasbro just signed uh, like a licensing deal. They're going to start having each other's properties on, on each other's six, which is a weird concept. So like think of like a Mattel property and a Hasbro. So like um, Hot Wheels with My Little Pony or um, Barbie with transformers like that that could happen now so <laughs> all i'm saying is that that's general grievous but could that not be skeletor come on now there you go there come yeah, on now. i mean i, I come can on see now. like grievous and skeletor joining forces and things oh my god that would be amazing like, like live action he-man and skeletor are you kidding me that'd be incredible <laughs> jesus a like popsicle movie yeah <laughs> Michael, how about you? What's something that is your uh, significant meaning to you item? Well, people who know me know I'm actually anti-stuff. I'm always getting rid of things. And, and, and as opposed to many, many, many of my friends who have Star Wars rooms, who have like entire rooms and entire sections of their houses filled with toys and stuff. Um, I, I don't have any of that. Um, what I do have is I go to a lot of conventions and a lot of kind of my memories and stuff are tied very much to, to fan conventions and having been on staff at the very first or a volunteer at the very first Star Wars celebration, which was in Denver back in 1999. Um, I was a volunteer there and uh, a lot of people have been posting like memories of that, you know, cause, cause the anniversary of that was this week, the very first, you know, Star Wars centric only, you know, convention that, that they had here locally in Denver, Colorado at the time as a volunteer there, we actually were given a bag with all the merchandise that, that people could buy. And so I do still have that. So I have the Star Wars celebration. Ah, ball cap. Very nice. You know, that, that was definitely a limited, limited run item that, you know, that I still have. And, and I've got the t-shirts and I've got the bags and all the kind of stuff. I've got it all like in a bag and all the flyers and everything. So that was a, cool. 
kind of treasured thing, a, you know, a, an important thing, significant thing of my past was was having volunteered at that at that first Star Wars celebration. Kind of launched me having several years, if not decades, of involvement in in conventions. So. Michael, can I also just say, having been in your living room, that you have, in my opinion, the coolest uh, Star Wars New Hope uh, movie promo poster I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I, I do, like, on either side of my television, because, yeah, I don't have, like, stuff, toys or things like that, but, I, I, but I'm a big TV guy, so in my, like... 85 inch or 80 inch whatever television in the living room i've got on either side of it i've got a star trek next generation poster and a star wars original a new old poster so it's super cool honestly it's the coolest star wars poster i've ever seen <laughs> yeah very cool it's actually pretty similar to my background here <laughs> yeah yeah true true <laughs> very nice well how about you jonathan well thank you for asking um so for me, i would say uh, it's, it's something that haunts my soul and that I make all of my life decisions with, uh, it's my magic eight ball. So mm. tonight, um, the, the outlook is hazy. See, that's just what I get all the time. So no, the, uh, so I, I do have one item here. Um, it is about eight years old. So, uh, I have a son, his name's Logan and, um, he <laughs> was born premature. And so his head uh, when it was forming, was a little off axis, right? It wasn't quite forming quite right. You know where you're so, going with this, yes. You know where I'm going with this, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember so, it fondly. Oh yeah, he he. So it's just something that he wore uh, when he was a kid, um, and it's a helmet uh, that that we got custom made for him to help his head be shaped correctly as he was growing older. Um, and so what I want to do was was do an, an awesome custom paint job on it because. Uh, friend of ours called him uh red 0.5 since he's small and so we a friend of, my, of ours uh named jeff who's previous guest husband kim's kim's husband uh jeff rodriguez did an awesome custom paint job so this this is the helmet that my son logan wore when he was a child to make sure his head was growing correctly so of course very star wars themed and it looks just like those X-Wing pilots. So That's wicked cool, dude. That is wicked uh, cool. So, yeah, very cool. So it takes it has an honored place in my collection. And it just kind of reminds me of, like, how fandom comes in, in many forms, right? So it doesn't have to be something that is Lucasfilm, Disney, authorized type item. But it can be something that you kind of create um, on your own to show your fandom and then you you drag your kids kicking and screaming into it sometimes as well. So. Well, you know, jo Jonathan, not to drag it back to football again, because, I mean, the, the thing – Michael knows me that the thing I'm biggest fan about and the biggest geek about is football. Probably second is Star Wars. Um, but like you were saying, people people say it. It's, it's almost a cliche. Football is family. But fandom is family, like you were just saying. So, uh, heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Total. That's awesome. And it's yep. a little football helmet is too. I, you know, because when yeah, it was, yep, 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 yep. You know, when I have two years old wearing this. Oh, more more, more hockey-ish. Honestly, more hockey. More hockey-ish. But <laughs> what I can't believe is looking at that, it, it, it so reminds how small it was. Like, I, like, remembering that his head was that small and he wore that helmet. And now, like, I saw it, you know, we, we all went and saw Return of the Jedi, you know, last Saturday together. And I saw Logan, who's now, what, nine years old? He's nine years old, yeah. He's nine years old. And, I mean, you know, and he's doing great. And, and you are an amazing dad to him. So, yeah, that's a great reminder of that. Yeah, it, that doesn't fit very well anymore. 
Reminds me of good times. Awesome. Well, let's dive right in here to the episode, uh, Visions and Voices. So after last week's episode, you know, we were kind of debriefing as a group here, and I was like, you know, Rebels has a totally different feel than Clone Wars, right? Like these episodes are more kind of like uh, sometimes military, sometimes spiritual, sometimes uh, very focused on like Jedi kind of force uh, themes. And so, you know, the feel of I think our commentary kind of reflected that a little bit as well. Yeah. And this is a big jump from last season or last week because we were doing an, a season two episode and now we're jumping into a season three where, you know, one of the main characters, the older Jedi, the Jedi Master uh, was blinded. Um, the younger Jedi, Ezra, is is now has short hair. He had like very distinctive long hair before. You know, we've got a big jump here. Yes. So uh, in, in the season in between, um, they've had an encounter with maul this like the second reincarnate reincarnation of darth maul uh, and he is is now in ezra's head um so and it's and it's not clear to the to us the viewer is darth maul really there or is he you know playing mind tricks somehow so on, there's on some him. relationship that they formed where they now are kind of have a connection through the force and and, a, and he's seen maul so he's seen visions of maul there yes it, it, does it remind anyone else of like the the Cheshire Cat when you know he just pops <laughs> up and uh, just to mess with Alice? Right. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, Darth Maul definitely has a similar smile for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Darth, Darth, the way he's portrayed, uh, particularly in Rebels, more than Clone Wars. I get that totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He Darth Maul is more of a, a mature person, uh, not as like random more kind of like deep thoughts, really kind of like yes. centered. Yes. What is, he's, he mm -hmm. means to himself and, you know, he's had a lot, a lot of time to uh, look inwards there and figure himself out. Yeah, and definitely a huge growth of the character. I mean, when you think back of his appearance in episode one, he seemed basically just a guy who show up and fight. And I mean, they gave him a couple lines of dialogue to suggest that there was more of a personality there, but we didn't get to see it really until Clone Wars and Rebels. Yes, the the mall in in the animated mall um, as as performed by Sam Witwer is giving given so much better dialogue than you know the the movie mall I guess. Yeah, I think he has arguably the best dialogue, like you said, in uh, all of both Clone Wars and Rebels. I think he's particularly uh, good dialogue up there with Obi Wan and Yoda and anybody. Yeah. Yeah, he's got this. So the mission anger. we kind of have going on here is, mm -hmm. I guess, like mm -hmm. everyone else, Hera's leading the rebels to go on a mission, but kind of Kanan and and uh, and Ezra have to kind of go on this kind of side quest to resolve Ezra's kind of weird issues that he's having with, with Darth Maul. So, yeah, yeah. In this group, you know, it's it's an interesting dynamic, right? So, like for these rebels here, recurring characters. Um, definitely a lot of like family feel, you know, Hera's the mother, Kanan's the father, you know, Sabine is that kind of annoying sister. Icy yeah. sister yeah. yeah. As, as still yeah the younger brother. There was a whole conversation there about the, the droid loading weapons. And he said, this is way more weapons. And she's like, well, I'm, I'm doubling that, you know, it, it, it's me, you know, I'm the person yeah. in charge of weapons and, and we're going to have a lot of weapons. 
Well, not that, not, that, not that Sabine is the end-all, be-all, but I think she really does set the tone for this episode 3.11 when she said, I think he's taking a big risk for all of us. And I think she yeah. knows it like a little, like an annoying little sister. I think she knows it maybe even before Ezra. Yeah, because with Ezra, he's not just, you know, a, a, an awkward teenager now. He's an awkward teenager who started to learn about the Force, but now his his master is blinded. So in, in season three of Rebels, you know, they have to bring in kind of a new uh, Force teacher because he's only going to learn so much uh, under Kanan. But yeah, he's definitely distracted here uh, following his encounter with, with Maul. So for Ezra, it's kind of like having, you know, Kanan and Maul as the like angel and the devil on his shoulder, you know, each kind of teaching him yeah. about the force and each each treating him as an apprentice. And so he's kind of torn between the two. And he has to find his own way. And, and there's, a, there's an inherent tension in the whole mythos between the Jedi and the Sith. But there's also a gray area with like the gray Jedi, like like Dooku and even to some extent, um, uh, some of some of the other characters early on the show that I'm not going to get into right now, but I, I think that Ezra, when he his hair being cut, is very symbolic. I think it's extremely symbolic. So actually, before I say anything more, I'd like to hear what the the, the guys who run this show think about my my uh, theory of his hair. It's not it's not coincidental in any way that his hair is cut. I, I think that he's going through a transition and not to do a plot spoiler, but for those of us who've watched the whole series, we know how it ends. We know how Ezra ends. We know how heroic that is. We know his narrative arc. Isn't this a, a, a real turning point when he cuts his hair? When, when he's like, I mean, like we can talk about the juvenile or young person or the typical hero's arc, but he's really going on, like something coming through, coming out of the underworld into some heroic stage, like some sort of Greek play, right? Sure. That's well, deep, the, the first seasons did, um, did Kanan have short hair? No, he had, in, like Michael said, he had notably long hair, right, well, flowing, like, yeah. He was asking about Kanan. Oh, Kanan. No, Kanan. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I misheard. Uh, Kanan. Yeah, Kanan gets blinded. Uh, and not, I mean, there's right, the whole Bendu thing. Before, so now it's kind of reversed. Oh, right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Right. I'd like to talk about this creature on screen right oh. now, Bendu. Bendu, <laughs> yeah. Well, Bendu's... What the heck's Bendu, going on with that? Bendu is the... Bendu, is, he said, Bendu himself says that he's not the Jedi or the Sith, but he is uh, Force-sensitive. Well, what is that? Well, he's he's like the wise kind of Jedi master type figure. Who but he's not Jedi. He, he rejects things. Jedi. Well, he, he, but he's that type of figure who's like there to provide some advice, some deep insight, but not take sides. So he's just there to kind of make you think. So, so it's a creature that lives on this well, planet and they just go and talk to him every once in a while? Yeah. He's once. Kind of like a Buddha figure. Once. Right. What? Pops up when it's convenient. Um, he's he's but, there for but the he does offer some insight beyond what Kanan can can provide. Okay, so they specifically came to the planet to kind of get him advice, and then Maul turned out to be on that planet. But 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 but, but we uh, before we missed, I got I, I got a, the Bendu is not some sort of um, alternate Yoda figure. He's not a Jedi. He's not part of the Jedi Council. He would reject the Jedi Council. He's, the Bendu is not Jedi. 
He's force sensitive, but he's not Sith and he's not Jedi, but he is force sensitive. Okay. So Darth, this is Darth Maul for real. He's not an apparition or anything. Yeah, so now we actually have Darth Maul there on the planet with them. Now this planet is their rebel stronghold because I guess that's the idea there is that because we establish here that yeah. Darth Maul and Ezra have this kind of mental connection, spiritual kind of connection with each other. They each know a little bit about what each other knows. And that's why how Darth Maul knew where they were, because this was their secret hideout that the Empire doesn't know about. And so Darth Maul was able to find it because of his connection to Ezra. And yeah. what he just did was threaten them to basically say, you know, hey, I, you know, I need Ezra's help. We need to fill each other's gaps in terms of what we each know about like because they're each trying to find the answer to something here and Darth Maul kind of threatens them with, you know, hey, you know, if you don't help me out, I now know where your rebel base is and I can tell the Empire about it really easily. So Right. In, in the like, Mandalorian uh TV show, they use the tracking fobs, but in this it's just Hey, I can I can find you through the force kind of Well, thing. yeah, Ezra was an emotional tracking fob at that point. <laughs> There you go. So I don't know if we're supposed to wait till the it shows up on the show, but um, is it too early to talk about the question they ask, or are we getting ahead of the? Are we supposed no, to wait? Like, till... Yeah, we usually try to stick with what we're seeing on okay. screen. Okay, I see. Okay, right. Okay, all right. Right, right, right. Okay, thank so you. There's never a good justification for going with somebody like Darth Maul. I mean, <laughs> come on, you people not learned anything. Don't get in bed with the bad guys. <laughs> Start down the dark path. Right. Well, and they do tend to usually betray you. I mean, that's, you know, yes. that's usually how that works out as you, as you go along with it, you know, thinking, okay, this is the one time I can trust them. You know, but are, are we, are we, are we, are we looking at Ezra as naively being misled or are we looking at Ezra as being a double agent uh, who is uh, working to uncover the secret of the Sith and to crush them? I think he is not a double agent. I think he just makes bad decisions. I think he's kind of emotionally going with where his his yeah. interests or his needs lie. I think he's, it, you know, I think it's not that thought through either way. I think he's right. just kind of going forward, you know, with what makes sense to him at the time and what makes sense to him here is, you know, he wants an answer to a question. Marl wants an answer to a question, so he's he was going along with it. Well, I'm going to hold my tongue on his question then until we get to it. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Uh, but you made me think of uh, Luke leaving Dagobah. Luke isn't necessarily, you know, taking the side of, of Yoda and, and Obi-Wan or... or Word, yeah. He's, right. His concern is his friends. Yeah. Right, He's right, like, right. I'm exactly, exactly. I don't care about anything else. Right, yeah, here, exactly, here, yeah. exactly. Friends, that's what it boils down to. I think that's the single word for this show, friends. <laughs> But it can make you make bad decisions. But I guess that's just a part of life, right? Like mm -hmm. sometimes you do the right things or the wrong things, but you believe it's for the right reasons. Well, hopefully Ezra doesn't have, a, have to lose a hand to, to get the lesson here. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going into uh, Darth Maul's man cave here. He's got all of yep. his, his many things he says he's collecting. Right. And then where he took him, he established was Dathomir was the he said the planet where he started, which you know, I don't know if that had appeared had Dathomir or the other the, the witches of Dathomir. Had that appeared or had that been? covered? Oh, yeah. Very much. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, OK. It was covered in Clone Wars. OK. 
There's a whole narrative arc about where Darth Maul came from, how he was recruited, how he was trained. There's a whole backstory about him and his brother and how his mother, how his brother's death motivated him and all of it. Yeah. Okay. And then here we see the Darksaber, which he had obtained during during Clone Wars. I mean, when he, he kind of was on Mandalore through a whole arc on there and had taken over Mandalore. And that's how he acquired the Darksaber from Pre Vizsla, my favorite named character. <laughs> yeah and there is actually a, a painted word that was on the wall i was looking to see what the heck that is apparently it says kenobi so oh, all obsess much yeah <laughs> well we know that had been his quest for him was to destroy kenobi you know yeah well there, there we go with the uh teasers for their questions again right and the guy did cut him in half so yeah <laughs> And then we saw Kanan's helmet that I guess since his blinding, he kind of has this helmet he puts on, which has like painted eyes on it, which is a little, little interesting. Right. Hey, Why can someone remind helmet? me how Kanan got blinded? It, I'm a little rusty on that. How, how I, I, I remember he got blinded, but I don't remember like how. Can, can someone remind me real quick how that happened? It, it was Maul did it. it oh, okay. Okay. Okay, I, I forgot. They're, I forgot they're that. drinking the shared drink, and if they share it, if they drink it together, then it's supposed to reconnect their minds together and fill in the mm -hmm. gaps about each of them. And what does happen is this eye glowing, green glowing thing here. Well, they're they're on this witch planet, and on this witch planet, within the narrative, there's actual magic, like high fantasy magic, not not low fantasy magic. So within the, the Darth Maul wouldn't be Darth Maul if it wasn't for the magic that created Darth Maul. So it kind of combines the kind of pseudo scientific the Force and Star Wars. You don't you don't need a you don't need a new you do not need any new willing suspension of disbelief to accept that the witches are giving them a revelatory moment here. Okay, so their questions I think are extremely revelatory, are really the answers. But but Ezra's question is I want to know how to destroy the Sith. So whatever question he came here with. I think he's now validated Sabine's comment that I think he's taking a big risk for all of us when the answer, when his question is, I want to know how to destroy the Sith. Because as I was watching it myself in my own emotional experience, I was like, is he naive? Is he being misled by Maul? Where are they going with this? So it looks like the answer that they got to their, their questions about how to destroy the Sith. So it looks like Darth Maul learned about Tatooine, but doesn't have a name yet. A plan with twin sons. That's where he's going mm -hmm. to find Kenobi. And then Ezra learned. Um, what did he learn? I, I missed it there. He, he learned how to destroy the Sith. And the answer to that, we, we find out, was is Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> That's all he said. He's yep. alive. That's who he's referring to. It's alive. He's alive? He's alive? What? Wait, huh? Right. So they, they get the same answer. They just, they don't yeah. know it. Even though they're, right. they're up with the, with the psychedelic <laughs> Sith juice and <laughs> that's a great description the man the man came in the psychedelic wait that reminds me of sometime when i was about 20 years old back in california and somebody's man cave with some sort of fancy juice <laughs> here here kanan and sabine have have kind of done the not smart thing of following them and entered the man cave and when they entered the man cave they they were taken over by the spirits of the uh dark sisters there 
But I don't think, again, I don't think they're being naive. I think the way that they write it, it invites us to think that they're maybe just being naive and stupid. Like the, what, what, what's that commercial where they're like, oh yeah, we shouldn't get in the running car. We should go hide behind the chainsaws. Right. But I don't think that's what they're doing. They're being brave. They've got their friends back. Because sure, when, 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 when uh, Darth Maul says, Ezra, Ezra, this is your chance. Together we'll rule the world. And Ezra's like, but, 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 but my friends. But my friends. They're not naive. Uh, they just made a bad choice. <laughs> they didn't think about the consequences of their actions. Right. <laughs> is when you, you, you dance with the devil like they've done, there's a price to pay. And this is the price they have to pay. Their friends get taken over, and now they have to fight them, and who's going to survive, right? That's, yeah. that's this dilemma right here. The altar is the source of their power. They cannot venture beyond the cave. So, so it kind of establishes, you know, that they, Maul, Maul's like, there's an easy solution to this problem. I leave the cave. They can't kill me anymore. They can't come after me. So that, that, that's an easy one for him. Yes. I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself here, but here's the line, right? I told you that's never going to happen. Forget the past. So well, whatever decision we're waiting for Ezra to make, here it is. But it's, it's a Sith question, right? Or, or maybe a little bit Jedi. I forget your attachments, but still, it's like yeah. not, it's, it's not approaching a solution to this problem that they have right now of his, his friends being possessed in a way that a Jedi would, would approach yeah, it. Yeah, the parallel there. Right side person, good person. Yeah, the parallel there between Jedi and Sith, I mean, it's the same thing as, you know, don't be tempted by your feelings, don't be tempted by your friendships, don't be tempted by your attachments. That's, that's the same thing that the Jedi were cautioning against. See, if Darth Maul was smart, he would have helped him ha uh, help out his help out his friends to be released, and then maybe Ezra would have been more on Darth Maul's side. Instead, Darth yeah, Maul's but, like, I'm out. But that's not what Sith do. Jonathan, you're right. I agree with you. That's what you or I would do, but that's not what Sith do, because Sith only think of themselves, and Jedi only think of their code. And I think what I find most fascinating about Ezra is somehow, in some way, he finds almost a unique path in the whole Star Wars ethos. Yeah. So we've Up got the Dark Saber. Dark Saber <laughs> alert. Have the Dark Saber signal go off. <laughs> so we, we missed the line where when he walks in, they say, you were unwise to re-enter our sanctuary. And here's my big thesis. He absolutely was. And maybe it was all a mistake, Michael. I agree with you. I don't think Ezra planned it. It's not like some CIA con game. And, and I don't think his friends planned it. But somehow the force made it happen, right? But if, it, if the friends hadn't been there, he'd be screwed. Can I say that? Yeah. And, and, and if he wasn't there, they would have been screwed. Yeah. But that, that, that's why it's about friends. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Yep. So he freed Sabine. He got he got Sabine out, and he basically had to drag her out. He, he used the force and actually dragged her out of the cave to save her. So that as soon as she was dragged out of the cave, then the spirit came out of her. But then Kanan's still there, and Kanan's still being taken taken over by one of the Night Sisters at the moment. Right. <clears throat> kind of like Last Crusade. Like you can't take the crest or the uh, the cup past the crest, otherwise. Right. <laughs> Can't take the night sister out too far. <laughs> Breaks. Yeah, the power gets stopped at the threshold. It's kind of a reverse vampire. Yeah. <laughs> vampire I, I can't enter, the night uh, sisters can't leave. Yeah. Uh, I also thought it was interesting how Maul was like so dead set on, on Ezra joining up with him. 
And then when Ezra rejects him, he's just like, okay, I'm out. Because previously, like Maul, you know, we would have seen some more rage there, some, you know, some violence. And he was just like, okay, fine. You you stay here. I'm going to go on my pursuit of, of Kenobi now. You belong to us, boy. Yeah, Jonathan, so I that, I agree with you, Jonathan. I, I think that uh, Darth Maul, like we said earlier, he's obsessed. He's consumed with his rage for Kenobi, which is consistent with a Sith Lord. So he used both. Or a wannabe he, Sith Lord. He used his lightsaber and he used the Darksaber since he's holding both and he actually used them to destroy their kind of source of their power there, the altar. And that, that was the destruction of it. It was, it was using both both weapons, a Jedi weapon and, and a Mandalorian weapon there. But now where'd all those ghosts go? It, it's, it's, it's not really, to me, it's not really a convincing narrative. It's pretty much a deus ex machina that they just pull on us. And they basically write it off to Ezra saying, I'm going to have to owe you one, like a typical action movie. And it's okay, but I mean, you know, it's just... It's, it's a twenty-minute solution. It, yeah, it's, right, it's, right. It's, it's a twenty-minute solution to a to to a two-year problem. So I, I think that, like Arnold Schwarzenegger is ever saying, "I'll have to owe you one." Yeah, yeah, I have to owe you one. Yeah, get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Oh, man, <laughs> this kind of holding back the revelation about what's the planet with the two suns. It's like we've all seen Star Wars. We know it's always about Tatooine. <laughs> they always go back to Tatooine. How is Darth Maul the only person that doesn't recognize that it's Tatooine? You know, and he's been to Tatooine. Right. Well, I mean it's not it's not just but Michael, it's not just Darth Maul because Sabine when she's told that it's the planet with getting, two suns. Here's how Sabine gets the dark saber. And, but, and Sabine says, well, that doesn't narrow it down, does it? Even though we know, we know as an audience, but even Sabine doesn't, well, that doesn't narrow it down. Yeah, but it's like a throwaway line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's literally the planet where he last saw Obi-Wan. Well, no, I guess I guess the last time he saw Obi-Wan was was on the ship or whatever. But uh, Naboo, yeah. Yeah, Naboo. But I mean, it's it's where he, he encountered him the first time. But it, so the important thing there at the end and the whole point of, you know, for us kind of, you know, going through this is, is you know, that's how Sabine procures the Darksaber at that point. Right. So the, for, for the one or two people in the audience who might be confused about the difference between Obi-Wan's girlfriend and Ezra's little sister, uh, can I just say before we end, uh, I've, I've got a little mnemonic memory device to, to help uh, keep it in mind, okay? So d- don't accuse me of being a creeper because we're talking about an animated drawing, but Sabine be fine, but Satine be queen. You know what I mean? Because she's Obi-Wan's fling. I'm done. <laughs> going to mic drop out. Well, <laughs> thank you, Christian. Um, <laughs> well, we did see at the end here, Sabine does hesitantly pick up that Darksaber. She's got it. The lineage of it is, is continues. It gets back into uh, Mandalorian hands. And, you know, we learned a little bit about one of our previous episodes here about her, her pedigree. Uh, when it comes to the Mandalorian family tree. Um, and uh, so, and I think that the Darksaber's storyline continues in Rebels, if I remember correctly. Is that right, Dale? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah we've definitely For got several more, more several more episodes yeah. of, of Darksaber. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and it's, it's funny, you know, granted, we've all seen 
the, um, the Mandalorian TV series now, and the, there's more rules we didn't know about how the dark saber moves from one, one person to another. But you know, for for uh, Sabine to just come across it like that, her her lucky day, <laughs> right place, right time. Guys, is, you know, I have a question for you guys. Is, is that the Ezra first time we ever see the dark saber, or, or we've seen it before? But in, I mean, in, in Rebels, in Rebels, is that the first time we see the dark saber in Rebels? Yes, I, I not is. Clone Wars, right? I don't remember it in Clone Wars. It's no, only it's, in Rebels, it's extensively right? Extensively in Clone Wars, yeah. It is in Clone Wars also. Oh, quite a bit, yes. Okay, I couldn't remember. God, I, I honestly get Rebels and Clone Wars so fuzzy in my head. I can't remember what I saw and what. But yeah, no. When we, we the whole we we just did a whole run of episodes of, of Mandalorian centric episodes in Clone Wars, and it and right it prominently through all of them. Awesome sauce. Yeah. yeah so no. so she, so she's got it. So um, you know we'll we'll continue our our uh, binging the force of of more. Dark Saber, Mandalorian type interactions with our, our rebels heroes, um, and what, uh, what, what do we think but, about? I mean, the whole kind of this episode. I mean, you know, the whole mysticism and Darth Maul and the sisters, and you know, kind of any. I mean, I know we talked about it pretty extensively throughout the episode, but I mean, any any kind of more about that? <laughs> any more thoughts about that? Well, I just want to say that like, the sisters' uh, magic is not the Force. That's all I have to say. The sister's magic mm. is ma is magic. It's different from the force. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I think um, rebels didn't really deal too much in magic. You know, it was you know uh, uh, with with the force, uh, and then the the bigger conflict in with with the empire and and the rebellion against the empire. But the the magic stuff. Is really a one-off for this series. Um, so, so was it out of out of place? Maybe. Right. Um, no. But, but because they, they I, I think having Darth Maul in this series or, or Maul was kind of an afterthought. Like this series without Maul, but it, it is interesting how they use him uh, and and the the Sith magic, which they reference heck all the way to a. Uh, Talk about magic. So, just when you uh, think it's not important, it comes back. <laughs> the, the hotel finally failed you, Dale. <laughs> to, to me, to me, Clone Wars and Rebels without Darth Maul would be like Mel Mel, Mel Nevin without the Blue Notes. If y'all appreciate my Snoop Dogg reference, not really. <laughs> Y'all got to go back and listen. To, okay, this isn't a, a hip hop episode, but uh, yeah, you, you know, you, you know, well, me ain't gonna be nothing without me. You know, with, uh, like Mel Nevin without the Blue Notes, Clone Wars and Rebels without Darth Maul would be B B plus. I, I I wouldn't recommend it to my friends. I wouldn't rave about it. I wouldn't take time tonight to be on this show. Well, I would definitely say Sam Whitmer, Sam Whitworth's performance is is amazing as as Maul. I mean, I think what he brought to the character and the kind of richness and depth that he brought to the character, you know, really 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 took it to a whole nother level. And and the the way that they used him and really explored his character. 
I agree with you 100%, Michael, that the performance is outstanding. But I'm also arguing that from a purely structural literary narrative situation, Darth Maul is integral to the Clone Wars Rebels narrative arc, all of it, not just he's not a subplot, he's integral to the entire narrative arc of the whole series. And there is no Darth Maul without the planet uh, without the planet of the Witch Sisters. Death and Marriott. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Rebels did a lot, a lot of things well. It, it introduced us to these new set of characters, and it broadened that time period between uh, kind of like the formation of the Empire there, right, between three and four. Because, um, you know, the first season is mainly about the Rebels, you know, on the, first, on the planet, and then expanded, you know, to more galaxy-wide, Rebels connecting with other cells. But then, yeah, there is kind of like that, it's almost a B-plot, of um, Jedi and how do they fit into this galaxy at this time, right? And you get to see that through Kanan and Ezra and their interactions. And one of these interactions is Darth Maul, who's still around after Clone Wars, right? Let's do our best to kind of wrap up his storyline. And I think this is a good way to do it by having him be messing with Ezra's mind. And you know, because that's what that's what Maul does best, right? Is this manipulation, and so one of the best episodes, in my opinion, of Rebels is the one that we're not gonna. I don't think we're gonna cover it, but it is the one where Darth Maul goes to Tatooine and has his confrontation with Obi Wan Kenobi. If you have not seen that one, I highly recommend it. Well, I think uh, at some point we'll probably do the Obi Wan Kenobi series, and that would be a good time to kind of do that Rebels oh, episode. Perfect. Perfect. And it would, it would fit in well there as well. Um, and so that 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 is is like almost the exact kind of perfect way that I think that Dave Filoni uh, created this this ending point for Darth Maul and his storyline in that episode. So um, so yeah, I, I appreciate what what the Filoni verse has done with 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 Jedi, with Rebels, and with with kind of bringing more to Darth Maul as a character. Uh, when it comes to not just regretting what's happened to him, but mixing it up with the Mandalorians and then being a part of this Rebel show. Uh, the other yeah. one I would recommend, yeah. Jonathan, is going back to the origin story of Dolph Maul with his brother and the way that he's uh, recruited. I'll leave it at that. that. That's a whole deep dive. You guys know what I'm talking about. But that's a, that's. I think that's a really outstanding episode about him and his brother and how that motivates his whole psychology and... All of that. I think a Darth Maul set of episodes would be a cool idea too. I mean, just as a fanboy, when we uh, spend more time with Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, those those are must-watch episodes because Clone Wars was kind of slow going the first two seasons, but once they brought Maul mm -hmm. back, season three, yes. like there was no looking back. The rest of the series exactly. was, um, and then so to get to see more of his character. You know, kind of his some of his last stories being incorporated into Rebels. Uh, it, it was good, good timing, I guess, that that worked out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Exactly, Dale. I mean, because to me, as I actually was like a pretty, no I'll say, normal Star Wars fan, like a lot of people who haven't watched a lot of Star Wars uh, of the animated stuff, like we're talking about in this. I, I was like your typical Star Wars fan. I, I consider myself a big fan but I'd only seen the movies. 
And my buddy told me that I should go watch Clone Wars. And it took him a lot of effort to convince me to do it because it was, it was animated. But I finally did. And I totally agree, Dale. You nailed it. It was, it was a little bit, it's a little bit slow. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of interesting. But when it got to Darth Maul, I was like, boom, that's, that's when, that's when it got live. I mean, to me at least. Sure. Yeah. The one thing I love to say about Star Wars is that it's a menu in a restaurant, right? You don't have to eat everything there. You don't have to consume all the Star Wars. You find what you like. And you enjoy that. And if you want to bring home some leftovers and give it to somebody else, you're totally welcome to do so. This episode um, didn't go too much into um, Mandalorian and um, Darksaber and, and that culture um, as, as the next two weeks. But um, what did you think about how Ezra just left the dark side behind because it meant nothing to him just like din when din acquires the dark saber it doesn't mean anything to him so for some people it's like this means power and for others it's just like meh that's just just some weapon i don't know how to use yeah. it yeah i mean when, when you have status symbols like that symbols of power it depends on if you're part of that group or that culture that it does mean something to and yeah, so for ezra, ezra he's like he's not i this means something to you sabine so here you go yeah, I think Ezra is not seeking power. So yeah, I mean, even if he did know that that's what it represented, it's you know it, it, that that is not his focus. That is not what he's seeking at that point. And same thing for Din. Well, that is an excellent segue to next week. Hope you will join us here on Binging the Force when we cover season three, episode fifteen, Trials of the Dark Saber, as we continue our Mandalorian themed Rebels episodes. So you watching audience out there, if you're interested in learning more about the Rocky Mountain Fan Force, uh, check out our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Rocky Mountain Fan Force. Uh, and uh, when it comes to meeting us in person, if you so desire, uh, we'll be having a meeting in May. We'll finalize some details about that, but you can find information about it on said Facebook page. Um, so thank you, Christian, for joining us. Thank you, Darth Vader Book, for joining us. Uh, and thank you all out there for tuning in. May the force be with you. Thank you to our live Facebook and Twitch viewers. We actually had a few. So, yay. Yep. See you next time. Bye, everybody. See you all next week. <laughs>